What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast with your two favorite youth pastors, Kyle and Derek, learning every single day how not to be a youth pastor. Derek, how you doing? You need to learn a new greeting because you always say what's up in every episode, and it bothers me. When you get into a groove... I, yeah, that's fair. Listen, you're talking to the guy that every time I go to Dairy Queen, I order the same Blizzard every time. I go to Subway, get the same sandwich oh, I'm the same every way. time. Yeah, I don't have to put any thought broke, or effort don't into fix it. it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Are you I'm saying that saying. it is broken? Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> Kyle, I'm doing well. How are you doing? How is your January off to so far? Uh, 2022 is is off to a good start. Um, uh, I, I got no complaints really after the last couple of years we're just, I, as we said in a previous episode, I think good vibes for 2022. Yeah. <laughs> we should be fired for saying that just so you know, <laughs> we have no business saying that. No, absolutely not. But, uh, we're going to dive in here. Uh, our episode today is all about worship. And so uh, quick question today for you, Derek, uh, what's your favorite worship song right now? I can't, well, I, I should say I can figure out one song. I am a huge fan of the old Church Basement album, the collab between Elevation and Maverick City Music. It is so good. Every song on there is so good. But um, all of that album, if I had to pick one, huge fan of Gyra. Mm, Gyra is a great song. Great song. That was that was one of the ones that I was thinking about answering. So I'm, I'm, I won't. I'm thinking about getting it one. tattooed on my chest. Just I was right across the chest. How much more would I have to pay you to do it on your forehead? Um, we'll talk about it. I feel like of everything you could put on your forehead. Yeah, there are gyra. Things. Yeah, is, yeah, that's not at the bottom. It, it could be a speed the light incentive if we raise there so much for speed the light. Your students raise X amount of money for missions. Yeah. Uh, on an unrelated note, I will be emptying my entire life savings and giving it uh, on behalf of your students <laughs> toward you. missions. Thank you. So I'm that they can hit that goal. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going for 150,000 oh, for, for this gyro tattoo. So I so th- you, might not be able long to Long story short, happen. you'll get most of it there because as a pastor, as a youth made, pastor, I'm obviously, yeah, obviously. that's true. Yeah. Um, do you take pizza coupons? No, then I, I got, nothing. I, I, I am bountiful and pizza coupons <laughs> myself. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, so will I, it has been one of my favorite worship songs a for for a long time. Uh, you know, the, I think the forty fifth or forty sixth time that that I did oceans, it really clicked for me. Yep. Uh, and so that's <laughs> uh, no, I think I think so will I. Uh, I think that's my answer. That's always that's been one. That, so now we have to sing them, right? That's how it goes. Nope, we stated nope, our song. And <laughs> we for sure don't. But do you know who would be a lot better at singing those songs? Would Two be the guests of our podcast people today. Who are sitting here. Welcome to the podcast. Some very special guests. Um, I I am a little surprised. One of them is a returning guest. I am surprised he had enough. Um, pride left over. Oh, after I was going to say humiliating <laughs> loss to Kyle and I at our own game, uh, but he still had the guts and the gumption, as you said, to show up today. So why don't you uh, introduce these fine folks we have here, Sir Kyle? Yeah, first of all, because I do. This is very important. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen uh, to our Christmas episode. Uh, Derek and I played a spirited game. Uh, with with a couple guests, and it was not even close. Uh, we, we we made were victorious it close because we want we want, right, but we're, we're men of the people. We wanted to be a good game, so we let talk about worship now. 
<laughs> Probably should. Uh, yeah, so good friends of the show. Uh, Nate and Sarah Engler are joining us on the podcast today. Uh, they are the worship leaders here on staff at, uh, at Riverdale Church. Uh, and, and I won't spoil too much of it, but Nate, Sarah, uh, welcome to the podcast. Nate, thank you. Returning, Sarah, for the first time. I'm sorry but, uh, to the listeners for returning, but. <laughs> and I'm super excited and super nervous to be here. And can, uh, I, can I just say, too, like, I, I wanted so badly, I had so many things going through my mind with that banter at the beginning, <laughs> but I won't say them. And also, what a fantastic segue. I'm that very was, impressed. That Thank you guys. Awesome. Very impressed. It's almost as if we do this for a living professionally. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're what, 20 some episodes deep. We're pretty much a verified professional at this point. Yes. As Derek said uh, in our Christmas episode, actually, that we considered ourselves professionals the moment we hit record on episode one. Yep. Naturally. Uh, and so we're, I think we're confident people that we, oh, that's never been lacking. But uh, I want to just intro Nate and Sarah real quick uh, before we start uh, a conversation here about worship uh, and, and talking a little bit as well about worship within a uh, youth ministry context. But uh, I want to ask you guys, you know, how long, how'd you guys get started leading worship and, and how long have you guys been doing that? Well, I think we both have different stories from the beginning. Um, I was on worship teams from the time I was like 14 uh, and always knew that that was a passion that I had. That was what I felt called to do. But it took a while to really grow the confidence to do that. Um, and then Nate and I met in 2008, started dating and realized that music was something that was important to both of us, that worship was important to both of us. Um, and we're on the worship team together at a local church here called Abundant Life. Uh, now artisan church actually, but it was way back in the day, uh, on the worship team there. So we always just served on the worship team and we're a part of that. Um, and then when we moved out to South Dakota, that was the first time that we ever held the position of a worship leader. Um, so we've learned a lot, a lot since then, but that was how it got started. I sense a uh, spinoff podcast, of How Not to Be a Worship Leader. Ooh, <laughs> I was coming say, soon. You're not episode. getting your podcast. We'd be we'd be pros too from the first recording. That's true. That might have to be the uh, title of of the episode, How Not to Be a Worship Leader. That's gonna be Riverdale Church is gonna just have a series of podcasts, and it's just yep. gonna be How Not to Be a. Sitting here now, I completely understand that because I'm like, man, I know all the things not to do. Yep. <laughs> like, don't feel qualified to tell you what to do. So exactly, I get it. Uh, Nate, how did uh, how'd you get started in uh, worship? I know that you don't have any musical background whatsoever. Well, I grew up in a van down by the river. <laughs> down by the river. <laughs> in a town that outlawed singing and dancing. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Those are two different you movies. Guys are, you guys are. <laughs> you guys are too young to know what those references are. They're classics, man. That's true. Oh, they are hurts. classics. Are timeless. Uh, yeah. For me, like I grew up. You know, I started playing guitar. I think when I was like 13 maybe i think played alto sax before that in you know smooth yeah i still have the nice in the basement <laughs> kenny g yeah i could do kenny g like the one saxophonist <laughs> that everybody knows you you play the saxophone too i do play the saxophone so we could do a duet man i that's Coming up on the uh, 2022 Riverdale Christmas album. Back to or, you, Nate. Or it's going to be, <laughs> or it's going to be on our how not to be a worship leader. 
<laughs> that's probably a better spot. What for instruments it. not to have yep. on a worship team? No, I I started, you know, playing all the songs in youth, playing guitar, shout to the Lord, you know, all those old school. Wow, what a classic. Old school songs. Got in a band, a metal band, rock band, you know, went crazy. And uh, I, to be honest, I never liked worship music. I, I never liked it. I, it was, you know, because I was such a metalhead, I had dreadlocks down, down my back, and I didn't want anything to do with worship because it was cheesy to me. I, it wasn't metal. Hmm. Well, you know, people change, you know. Sure. I believed that when I was stupid. Or God changes people. <laughs> That's maybe a good point. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we met, uh, and we lived in South Dakota for a few years, and we were worship leaders there. Um, volunteer basis, and it was awesome. It was it was a good experience. It's an honor to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys do any training or any school for worship leading, or how did no. you school, school of, of life, hard my friend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No, I. You know, I graduated high school, and I knew that I wanted to be a wife and a mom, and so the idea of school never even. Well, I didn't like school to begin with, but. At that point too, I, I didn't know for sure what I wanted to do and other than, you know, be a wife and a mom. And so didn't go to college, um, just worked and found different jobs to do and always knew that that call to lead worship was there, was on my life. But the Lord saw fit to open doors where we were able to be in places that didn't require us to have the education for it, um, and just kind of have learned through experience. So we have no formal education when it comes to leading worship. Mm-hmm. And no debt. Yeah, that is. That is what that means. That yes. is so true. <laughs> well, we do have five kids, so that kind of is debt. So they have some debt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We have a lot of future debt, too. Co- Costco <laughs> sends them thank you cards every single month. <laughs> yes. You have no idea. <laughs> yes. It's true. That's true. So uh, I want to kind of just dive in and and Derek and I will go back and forth asking you guys some questions, but I want to start, you know, I don't know, this feels like a good place to start. Uh, You know, when it comes to worship uh, and and leading a worship team, leading uh, congregations in worship, do you guys have any sort of philosophy of you know, this is this is who we are. This is what we're passionate about. This is the vision that we have for our team, or like the philosophy for for us as a couple leading worship. Mm-hmm. You want to take that one? No, go ahead. Um, something that the Lord spoke to us years ago was just this very short phrase of "worship is our weapon," and we believe that with every fiber of our being. Um, I think Nate and I have both experienced not only on this stage, but off this stage, the way that worship shifts so many different things in your life. Um, It can be, you know, you feel overwhelmed and you put on a worship song and something that the Holy Spirit had been speaking to you comes through in those lyrics and it just opens up this floodgate into his presence. Um, And we believe that as we worship, things change for people. Um, it, It shifts your perspective. It helps to take your eyes off of the circumstances, which are real. You know, one thing that's really important to us, especially whether it's on a Wednesday night with students or on a Sunday morning with adults, is that people are walking in from the battlefield. They're walking in from being at their jobs. They're walking in from being at school. 
And they, we have no clue what that week was for them. We have no clue if somebody received a cancer diagnosis. We have no clue if somebody lost a job, lost a family member, um, is battling depression, anxiety. And we look at leading them in worship as such an honor to be sensitive to what their week looked like, but also like hold their hand and bring them be like, but remember who Jesus is in the midst of this. Yeah, You know, a lot of um, places I've been, there's that idea of, you know, when you walk into church, you should just be ready to worship. Well, that's a great goal. And we want people to get to that place where they're able to walk in, recognize God's presence and be able to just put their eyes on him right away. But that's also something that you have to experience and become familiar with. And so our philosophy is never like, come in ready to worship. It's come in and our job, our responsibility is to shepherd you and lead you into God's presence through worship. Yeah, I mean, music music is one of those things that um, whether people say they like music or not, mm-hmm. everybody responds to music. Yeah. Whether they say they hate that song or they love that song, music is that thing that, that can penetrate our soul. And, um, you know, I, I saw a poster one time and it said, God created music so that we could praise him without words. Mm. And that stuck with me because... You know, we sing a lot, but if you think about it, when you listen to a song or when you're humming a song, you know, in the car or wherever, you know, you're humming that melody that stuck with you. And so that's kind of the beautiful thing about music is um, a lot of times you don't even know that it's moving you. Mm -hmm. But when we come into worship, I think we're coming in with that intention of being moved or being ministered to, um, understanding how the Holy Spirit can move in the in the midst of us, and and how important it is, and how awesome it is to just bask in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, mm-hmm. G- getting filled up, knowing that you're going to leave this place and hopefully pour out into your community, into your yeah. family, into your friends, uh, but then knowing that when you enter into the presence of God through worship, you're getting filled up again only to pour back out. Just right. like, what's that song? Uh, is it Desert Song? You remember that one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Desert song. song. That's that's a little older, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Watch like it. That. Watch it. Hey, older, not old. Older. <laughs> Relative to yeah. So Will I. And uh-huh. it's, it's, it's all relative. Yeah. But the lyric, the lyric in that song is, uh, you know, help me out. I know, I know I'm, I'm empty fill- to be I, I know to I'm be filled empty to be emptied again. Right. The seed oh. I've received, I will sow. And, and that's kind of, I, I think you know, along with the philosophy of worship as our weapon, Mm -hmm. knowing that we come into worship to be filled so that we can go out into the world and, you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yep. Yeah. So I think what I love about this is you guys touched on this a bit. um, Cause like we're, we're talking about musical worship or worship through music in this context. Like obviously worship is something that you can worship God by taking a hike through the woods and, yep. and admiring his creation. Like worship is so much bigger, but in this context, like it's musical worship, which is powerful. I mean, right. you mentioned it, music is power. Um, and so like, you know, Kyle and I see students walking in on a Wednesday night, maybe for the first time to church ever. I mean, we live in a day and age where it used to be when we were younger that you went to church at some point or another, you know, whether you right. were 
consistent follower or not is up for debate, but we have students walking in that this is their first experience in a church ever, like yep. ever, ever, ever. And so um, how do you kind of bridge that gap? If there's a brand new student, they walk into our youth ministry or on a church on Sunday morning and there's musical worship, how do you kind of teach that worship is that weapon, that worship is that thing that you can come in and connect with God? Like how do you kind of cultivate that or teach that on a any given Sunday or Wednesday? Hmm. That's a good There's one. a lot to that. <laughs> yeah. How I, much time do we have? Yeah, hard-hitting journalism questions yeah. here at the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Here, here's the thing: is there is no formula, sure, for it. And um, one thing that you know we highly, highly value is asking the Lord. You know, there are some Wednesdays where we're leading, and you can just feel that there's a wall there, or there's you, you just aren't sure what's going on. And, you know, I've learned to, in those moments, just ask the Lord, like, what are you doing and what, what can we do for you in this moment? Um, but something like, you know, we've talked about a lot too, is that God doesn't need us to be his PR. I think a lot of times what people are looking for is to just experience him and experience his presence. And our job is to point out when he's moving, but not apologize for when he's moving. Sure. If that That's makes good. sense. And I think sometimes we can fall into that trap of, you know, that the presence of God can be weird for people or uncomfortable. Well, not when it's really him. When it's really him, he draws people to himself. That's his heart. And so we've experienced even with youth where there are students that walk in for a first Sunday. And I mean, we don't hold back during worship. And those students at times will be absolutely bawling and they have no idea why. And that's then when we identify that is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That is the Father's love being poured out on you. And so in a way, it's letting the Lord do the work and then helping that student understand what is happening. But he, God is so gentle and he's so gracious. And so when those moments happen, the student isn't afraid they're being loved on and they're being taken care of in a way that they've never experienced before. So I do think there is an element of teaching and pastor Kyle, I think has seen us do that where we explain why we raise our hands or we, you know, when we clap together, you know, we'll give analogies of, you know, when you're at a football team and everybody's cheering in the same, and there's a unity that comes from that. So kind of teaching the different ways that we worship, but never apologizing for the yeah. way that we worship him. Yeah, it's really That's good. good. Is there a difference? Because uh, because you guys you guys started. I mean, you guys have been on many different worship teams, and you know, we you guys started leading our youth worship team about a year and a half ago, and then about six months ago, five months ago, uh, you came on as as the worship leaders here on staff for for every you know, avenue of worship for our adult services, worship, youth, kit, everything, right. kids at some point. Uh, is there a difference between, you know, leading worship for, for youth versus leading worship for adults? Man, all these tough questions. <laughs> Get used to it. No, I, I mean, I think that, um, I think that there can be differences in, in, you know, preferences of what the mm. style of music yeah. is. Um, but, you know, Sarah mentioned uh, earlier when we were talking um, today that with, with youth, a lot of times we try and think about 
the rowdiness or the fun and the crazy and like, let's get loud. The kids want to hear loud. And we think, oh, well, maybe the grownups want a little more calm, soft, you know, traditional um, style of music. And for our, for our experience, um, I don't necessarily want to say it's opposite, but we don't focus on that. You know, we don't necessarily get rowdy and crazy in the youth group. We, we take it seriously and it's not that we don't have fun, but we don't, we don't shy away from those, those, um, deep, intense moments with God. Mm -hmm. Um, and with the, with the adult service on Sunday mornings, um, you know, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we don't really worry about if we get too rowdy or if we have fun. I mean, we're, we're up there rocking and we're jamming and, and jumping and dancing. I mean, it's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. And I mean, I, I've said this for years, but church shouldn't be a drag. We should enjoy going to church. And I don't mean like we should laugh and, and goof around and have, have fun all the time. I mean, we should enjoy it where we want to come back. We want, if, if we feel like we're being ministered to, um, or if you're getting something out of it, you're going to want to come back. That's mm-hmm. why you return to a restaurant that you love because you got something that you liked, you know, and you want more. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of what we shoot for, whether it's youth, whether it's adults someday, you know, if, if we end up helping with, um, you know, children's ministry, right? we want people to want more of God, want more of the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, add. I, yeah. That. I think that just as you were talking, just thinking about, you know, you can please God or you can please people. Yeah. But there can be some contention in that statement, right? As though yeah. you don't care about people. But if you know God, you know that his heart is for people. And he knows the youth and he knows the adults more than we ever could. And so our number one job is to be obedient to what the Lord is saying to do in those in those rooms. And, you know, if I'm honest, when Pastor Kyle asked us to come on as the youth worship leaders, Nate and I both felt so unqualified because we aren't hip to the culture. <laughs> Obviously, that sentence exposes that. You guys are fired. Right. Hip to the culture. <clears throat> but the one thing that we're committed to is is not cultivating an atmosphere of hype. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever want to do a song or do something just because everybody else is doing it. Um we want to always be obedient to the Lord and what he is asking. And I think sometimes we can shortchange youth ministry worship because we think that all they're after is hype and fun and right. lights and, you know, fog machines. And, and if we don't have that, they're not going to worship. Well, if they are only worshiping because of that, they're not going to worship when they don't have that. And so what we want to teach them is like, God is not just about hype. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just about, you know, <clears throat> doing all these fun songs. And it's like Nate said, it's not that having fun is wrong, but that it should come from a place of of joy in the Lord's presence. It should come from a place of unity and that excitement of being in this together. Um, and so I think that we find at times we have to temper both in the adults and the youth, and we have to be sensitive to, you know, like Nate said, not withholding anything in adults because we aren't sure that they want that, but not overextending or overhyping in youth because we think that's what they want. So, yeah, yeah. that's good. And and I think that it can, if, if youth ministries aren't careful about, 
you know, seeking the hype too much right. in, in youth worship. Like Sarah said, it creates a an even more rough transition. Yeah, that's really coming good point. out of youth ministry when you have students graduating your youth ministry and hype filled, you know, lights, fog machines, like that's the worship that they know. Then when they graduate, it's going to be really, really difficult for them right. to transition and and plug into a church. If they go off to college somewhere and they're looking for a church service to a church family to plug into, you know, that transition is going to be really rocky yep. if all they're looking for is is that hype. Yep. Uh, it's it's the same with you know there there has to be a balance uh, in in preaching in youth ministry. I think as well, where if if all you're preaching in youth ministry. And pouring into your students from the pulpit is is if it's too shallow, then you know, th- those students are, it's going to be a rough transition. Now, if it's not shallow enough, then it, sure. everything's going to go over their head. And there's a balance there, yeah. I think, both in the sermons and in the worship. But shepherding your students yes. and and taking them, walking them along this journey uh, requires a lot of intentionality. I- I think too, you know, along with that, as far as I'm not a preacher, but you know, I always kind of had this idea of when you're preaching or when you're, when you're speaking to a crowd, you can't, you have to be general enough that you, right that you relate to a good amount of people, but you can't, you have to be specific enough too. you know, there's this sweet spot where you can't be too general, but you can't be too specific because otherwise if you're too specific, yeah. Nobody's going to understand what you're talking mm-hmm, about. Right. But if you're too general, people aren't going to relate to it as much. And it's kind of the same way with music. Like mm-hmm. if if we if we came in Sunday morning with a heavy metal band, <laughs> nobody's, you know, there might be two people there that want to hear that yeah. and that respond positively. But also you don't want to come in, you know, with with, you know, of I guess I can't think of a general style of music, but um, you have to be able to relate to people. And for us, you know, ob- like you said, obedience is the, th- is the thing too. Um, we kind of live our lives like obedience above all. Yeah. What greater, what greater sign of love to our God than being yeah. obedient to what he tells us to do. And, yeah. and, uh, <coughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think the cool thing, what I hear when I hear, cause you guys have, what I love about this is something that I, I tell all the time to, you know, because we, thankfully, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, meet with certain people and, and that type of thing. And I always, I've told this to people before, there are some really good worship leaders that have some amazing competencies. They're really good at what they do. They can sing well, they can play well. But those are not, when you go to a worship service by somebody who's talented, it's good. When mm-hmm. you go to a worship service by someone who's anointed, it's amazing. Mm. It's powerful. You can feel the difference. And I think it's because it, you touched on that obedience part. And I think the thing that I've, I'm starting to realize as a youth pastor and you guys as worship leaders is we are not just putting on a service for the sake of putting on a service. Absolutely, A service is an opportunity for us to come together and worship together. But I've realized, been convicted, like I am doing my students an injustice if I'm not teaching them how to worship, pray, and seek Mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like we, well, Wednesday and Sunday. Well, no, you know, I was, I, I forgot 
So okay, now I have to explain because yeah, Derek not, caught not me you with the a spot. really Derek caught me with a really weird look on my face, which is normal. I saw you <laughs> skip Sunday on purpose, or skip Wednesday on purpose. I was like, yeah, because you know Wednesday nights, but you also skipped Sunday, and it threw me for a loop because a lot of our students, their families don't attend our church on Sunday. Right. I, I'm and with so you. I'm I view, with you. I yep. view like some some youth ministries. You're viewing it as like Sunday is another day. You got to try and yep. you know they got to do it on their own. I'm convinced like 85 percent <laughs> of my youth ministry does not attend church on Sunday. At least our church, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like, I think what 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 they're saying is you're not going to have a fog machine and strobe lights in your living room if you are. Mm-hmm. That's right. weird. Yeah. But like, <laughs> right. But I don't know. Have you seen some of those Gen Z rooms with oh, their yeah. LED lights around the window? Yep. And well, of course, mm-hmm. there's a couple of them that it, are trying. It happens. But like, I think what that does for you guys, it shows that like worship can be this, but it's not confined to this. Mm-hmm. Talk right. about that That's general good. specific thing, that, that type of mentality. And so like along that same line, Nate and Sarah, like you guys are being obedient and you are going first and saying, we're leading the way by worshiping ourselves. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as the shepherd, you're also making sure you bring people with you and not just going so far in front of everybody that you're mm-hmm. losing them. So when you do have those people who are not connecting in worship, how do you help kind of lead them and bring them along with you guys? Uh, we don't. We just kick them out. <laughs> Leave them behind. There you go. <laughs> Move it or lose it. Yeah. You know, there's the 99, then there's the one, and the one, if he's not fast enough, just leave him. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how I read the story in think, the Bible. Uh, Charles Darwin had it right when he talked about uh, natural selection yeah. and survival of the fittest. Yeah. And, it's good for people. Uh, Except I, in a church setting. Right. <laughs> I, I think I've had to learn to not put that kind of pressure on myself. Um, because it's impossible as the worship leaders to be able to gauge every reason why at times it might feel like you're not connecting or there's a disconnect. But one thing that's of high importance to us is that we never place that on the congregation or on the students. Um, I don't, it may have been Craig Rochelle that said this, but he's like, we never say that our church doesn't says we haven't led our church to. And so that's something that you know, there can be very practical reasons why people weren't connecting. There could have been the words weren't up on the screen and they didn't know the song. So they weren't singing or, I mean, there's, or some, some, um, senior citizens hearing aid is picking up a certain frequency that nobody else is hearing. And 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 they go to the tech booth and the sound guy and start (laughs) complaining. It's a thing. I mean, it sounds specific. This sounds like this happened at Riverdale church. I mean, I think every sound guy that is listening to our podcast right now just said an amen. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there are practical reasons why sometimes there's a disconnect. And then there are other times where, you know, we'll be in the middle of a set and I can just feel that. And and as a leader, I immediately turn to the one who knows. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want us to do? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What do they need to hear? You know, I love that you guys have used multiple times now the word shepherd. Um, and a spiritual gift is not leading worship. Like I used to think like, oh, that's the gift God has given me, right? But it's not in the Bible Mm. as one of the gifts, but pastoral is. And I think Mm. we've identified that being a worship leader is a very pastoral role. Mm -hmm. And so our hearts are for the students. Our hearts are for our congregation. Our job is to lead them well, to lead them to good places. But we have to be led by our good shepherd in order to do that. It's good. Um. And so I think there are just times where sometimes what people are walking through is just a lot. 
and they might not be one of the biggest things to not do as a worship leader is to gauge people's connection by what they're physically doing or not doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to just constantly be leaning into the Lord and looking to him for approval, be looking to him for what is it that you've been asking us to do? Are we doing that? Then we trust that you are doing a deep work in the hearts of your people, because why would you not? Mm -hmm. Well, and even just understanding that the reality of it is that not everyone is going to like what you're doing. Right. Not everyone's going to like the songs you choose. You know, there, there's just, that's a factor in, in being a leader. You know, you just have to understand that mm -hmm. and not getting hung up on that, you know, trying to please everybody because you're just not going to. No. Um, but it kind of, again, boils down to obedience. You know, we feel like, you know, we are obedient to what God wants to do each week but also just in the ministry in general, also yep. in the church. I mean, that obedience is is key because yeah. you're not going to please everyone. How do you guys pick what songs you do? Oh, we flip a coin. <laughs> well done. Oh, <laughs> same with my messages. I, <laughs> I, just, I pull up we know. five different templates, and then I, I number them one through five, and I say, hey, Siri, give me number one through five, and then I preach That's that good. I, I just go the classic route of you open your Bible to a random page, close your eyes, and just point, oh, yeah. and then preach yep. off of yep. That's what I'm going to preach For off of. For the record, I'm looking at my computer, which is an Apple product, and when it, it heard me say, hey, Siri, one through five, so number four for <laughs> number this four. podcast. There you go. <laughs> All right, number four it is. Thank you, Steve Jobs. That's funny. Yeah. So aside from, I mean, it's it's easy for you guys because you know, Reckless Love is already in every single right. set naturally. So right. you only yeah. have that's one song down, and then Oceans <laughs> is always the alternate. Waymaker. Yeah. Oh, Don't Waymaker. Be yeah. Uh, no. So yeah. How right do you now, Graves into Gardens is another big oh, one. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Man, there's too many good ones. Yeah. Uh, how, but how so, do you, seriously though? How do you guys kind of go about? putting a, a set list together? I, I think, um, I mean, a lot of it is just obviously prayer and, um, you know, listening to what God wants, but that sometimes can maybe sound kind of hokey to people. Mm. Really what it is, is knowing your congregation, reading your word. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times if God is speaking something to you, yeah. It, it's more than likely for the congregation or for the students or for somebody else. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of the key. And Sarah's really good at picking the sets. She she does a lot of it. And um, I think it's because she knows people. She knows the congregation. She listens. She has a lot of opportunities to pray with people. Um, and and so that that helps kind of direct the sets in in even if there's just one phrase of one song, mm -hmm. you know, we, we pick that song because that one phrase, and then we kind of arrange the other songs around that. But that is like the pinnacle um, point in worship where we feel like the Holy Spirit's going to move. Yeah. It's evolved for sure over the past, you know, five, six years, because we were in a position before we had this job where we would just kind of fill in every once in a while. And yep. so it wasn't as much like knowing what was being preached or whatever. It was, it was pretty much solely like what has the Holy spirit kind of dropped into our heart. And uh, now, you know, as we've worked with pastor Kyle and we've worked with pastor Rick, um, one of the most beneficial and helpful things is to know where the pastor is going that week. Mm -hmm. um, because we don't want to do a set that's focused on God's freedom. And then the sermon is on something just completely yeah. different. Like we highly, highly, 
highly value the unity between worship and the word oh. um, and that they they go hand in hand. And God in all of his goodness, they, I mean, there have been multiple times where we have picked a set, not necessarily knowing what was going to be preached out like afterwards, but they ended up meshing perfectly because that is how the Holy Spirit works. Yep. Mm-hmm. When you're obedient, when you listen, um, there is no greater high than when you see it all just kind of unfold and you know that you had nothing to do with it other than obeying what he told you to do. It's a it's a great faith builder. It really is. Yeah, yeah. that's that's good. And there's a, there's a lot of prayer and and whatever that goes into it, but I mean there there are you know the reality of it is that there are logistical things too right. that you have to mm-hmm. think about. There are musical side of things. Yeah. Um but Keys not are getting, a big thing. You know, you need to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like not, Nate said before, if there's a phrase in a song, we know we want to do that. Then our other two songs are dictated by what key that song is in. Sure. Looking at the. Right. Just from a music, right. musical yeah. composition standpoint, let's right. not transition from B to B flat. Right. Or. Right. And one, other stupid transitions. Yeah. I, I don't want to brag, but I do have. Because I started as a as a worship leader at North Central, which does <laughs> mean that brag, I have. If you don't want to brag, gonna. then you probably should. It does mean that I have one semester of education in worship yeah. leading more than you do. That's uh, so true. <laughs> so you be taking over is what you're saying. <laughs> so I think you guys just preach from now on. And uh, but no, that was uh, like have the, a degree the for that one, either. No, I, well, there's that. The I do remember the one like real worship leading class that I took, they did talk about just kind of that from a musical standpoint, there are a lot of hiccups that can happen. And the transitions practically from one song to the next can absolutely ruin the atmosphere of worship. Transitions are everything, even between segments in a service. Mm -hmm. The handoff, I mean, it'll it'll kill an atmosphere Mm -hmm. if, you know, if if it doesn't transition smoothly Mm -hmm. or at the end of the service, you know. I would I would say practically too. I just had this thought for any other worship leaders listening to this, hoping to glean wisdom is you need to have your list of priorities yep. and you need to know like for us, the highest priority is following the Holy Spirit. So if that yep. means that we do have to transition into a key we wouldn't normally pick, yep. but we know we need to do this song, then we will do that. Yeah. So it's, you need to know what is the highest level of importance. What can your team handle musically? Yep. When we pick sets, we aren't picking sets that our team isn't capable of of doing well. Um, we never expect them to do it exactly the way that it is, you know, recorded or on an album. Um, right. But you don't want to pick a song that you know your team isn't going to be able sure. to facilitate. So. Yep. yep. Nate, you touched on it, but there are obviously different components that make up a 21st century church. You have pro presenter, you have in-ears, you have... Mm. I'm not going to steal oh, your man. thunder, but there, there, yeah. it is so much more than a guitar. Hold on. It's not that Derek doesn't want to steal your thunder. It's that that where his that's yeah. where his <laughs> knowledge of worship equipment ended. Pretty like, much, I can name those two things and uh-huh. then I'm out. Uh, you're not nice. wrong. I literally have zero, <laughs> zero musical what? ability, zero know how. That's that's why I stick to preaching because I physically don't have. Any gifting, spiritual, unspiritual, in music. So, <laughs> Nate, I doubt it. please bail me out. When, when it comes to all of the components that go into a worship set, um, yeah. how do you balance that? Like, maybe give us a rundown for those that are like me that are maybe in a pastoral seat and they're like, 
I don't know what I don't know. So like, I don't know what yeah. I'm missing. I don't know what we could add. I don't know what's too much. And obviously Ooh. this is all subjective to your right. own context, right. but how do you guys manage all that? What do you use? Can you give us a rundown of the aesthetics of that? Yeah. So, so there's, um, I guess there's a little bit of philosophy here with this because for me personally, um, everything that we do is, I think it's safe to say this, everything that we do in worship is revolved around um, other people. It's either revolved around the congregation and how they're going to respond, or it's revolved around our team and uh, either challenging them out of their comfort zone or understanding that, you know, they might not, um, they might not grasp the vision, the vision of this set or of this service or whatever. Um, so we don't want to, we don't ever want to distract people. We want to give them the opportunity to focus on, on the Holy spirit, uh, moving. So I guess I would say like, Something like if if you're a smaller church and you're looking at getting into the tech side of things, the production side, um, you have to think about it from the from the the perspective of uh, what what do we need and what are things that we want. And the example that comes to mind for me personally is lighting. I lighting is probably the lowest on my priority. I want to be able to see what we're doing in the room in the sanctuary. Um, Above that, like, it's not that it's not important, but lyrics on the screen is way more important than lights. Because if we're singing in unison and and as a congregation, and people don't necessarily have the, all the words memorized, they need Which the words. Is normal. I was going to say, I, I think we've all been there. Yeah. I mean, I do this every week, and I don't have songs memorized. It's on my list of goals, but I'm nowhere near that. So you know, having, having the words on the screen is super important. I think if you don't have a way to do that, um, that would be really important because then people can engage, um, all the sound (laughs) stuff. It's, it, it really gets into details. I mean, if you don't have the, if you don't have the volunteers, then you have to figure out where you can make cuts. You know, right now we don't have somebody running lights. We have presets and we switch between songs and it might dim the lights a little more or, or, you know, change a color in the background or something simple. Um, but a lot of it is so subjective too, that you want to, you want to be careful not to be too extreme because then people aren't going to, they're going to get distracted by, you know, man, we have so many red lights on the stage right now. Why is there so much red or why is there so much blue? Or, man, that strobe or, is annoying. That's because strobe, like or, that, or that wash yeah. light that spins in the middle of, the oh, sun, man, you know, I hated we, um, we had a wash light. Oh, I know. That when, when was I, malfunctioning in our church sanctuary for a while and it yeah. drove me nuts. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, it's those kind of things that you have to, you, you basically have to prioritize. What can you, mm-hmm. you know, and when it all boils down to it, if God wants to move, God's going to move. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I can't get up there with just my acoustic guitar and sing and, and, and usher in the presence of God, then why am I even here? Yeah, if yeah. you're if you're dependent oh, on absolutely. the bells and whistles for lack of a better right. phrase, exactly. I think right. that right. And I, there's I, a problem. I tell my tech team too, um, you know, with with the technology and the production side of things, it's essentially a thankless job. 
nobody, if you're doing your job well and mm-hmm. doing it right, nobody will even know you're there. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. It's not that they're not appreciated. I tell them thank you all the time, but that's kind of the goal is you mm-hmm. want to be invisible as a sound man, as a, as a camera operator, you want to be invisible. Yep. It's when you screw up that everyone knows, you know, but not getting caught up in all the details, uh, making things efficient, making things the same every time so that people don't have to think. So the volunteers don't have to think when they're doing it. You know, that's important because then it's the same every week. Everyone knows what they're doing. They know what to expect. And then on the other side, when you do something different intentionally, it's that much more dramatic and it, and it feels different and people notice it and they go, oh man, that was really, that was really cool how you brought the lights in as soon as you hit that, that, you know, one on the, on the first chorus of whatever, you know, that was really dramatic. So I think a really, I was listening to a podcast, um, Redmond and Riddle. There's That's a podcast great. other than ours. I know. I'm sorry. Yes. It's a no, great podcast. It's a great podcast charts. to listen to, but I think we can sum up the whole thing. Like they were talking about whether it's multi-tracks or your lighting or your sound, whatever it is, you have to make sure that those things are serving you. You right. are not serving them. Good. Yep. Yeah. And I think really that good. there's a lot of churches, especially smaller, that think that, oh, these big churches are successful because they have all of this. And it's right. like, no. They didn't start out like that. And when you, <laughs> nice save. Um, when Eric you try to. broke his computer. <laughs> oh man. Yes, he did. But when you try to, to do more than God has equipped you to do, you're going to fail. Good. And so God loves small beginnings. And yep. so it's making sure that I am, I am starting within the means that he has given me. Once I'm entrusted with that, he will give me more. I mean, that's a principle that we practice in everything else. Why would we not practice that with our technology yeah. or the different elements that we have with the practical side of doing a worship set? Yeah. And, and along with technology, like we all want to play around with all the cool stuff and whatever, but don't, it, it's like you were saying before, you want to, as a leader, you want to be far enough ahead that you're leading, but not so far ahead that you can't bring them along. Yep. You know, you, you want to be tethered to your, congregation and your volunteers but you have to find again that sweet spot of how 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 long am i letting this line go between where where i'm at and where my congregation is at it can't be too long yeah um but so i guess i say that don't don't try to get ahead of yourselves or the congregation you know find one thing and and take care of it do it really well and then move on to the next thing don't try to do everything all at once I'm in that boat right now. I'm trying to learn everything, you know, right now so that I can do my job well. And I have to constantly stop, slow myself down and go, I'm not going to get to everything right now. It might be a year before I get to the next objective, you know? So it's becoming, I'm I'm starting to have a question here because (laughs) in youth ministry, one of the things that we hear all the time is is the question? Well, what do you do during the week, or what's your real job? <laughs> that that's and, the question. So, what do you, like? What do you actually do? Well, I'm confused because I thought that that was just standard across all church ministries. Was no. there all you really do is show up and and do it on Wednesday night or Sunday morning, and there's right. nothing really to do during the week. But you're kind of leading me to believe that you actually have <laughs> stuff to do for the other forty or fifty hours during the week. Uh. So where's the question? <laughs> what do you do with yourself all week? What do I do all week? Um, a lot of it is, um, so like Monday. Uh, Answering has, hate mail. 
Yeah, emails about who didn't like yep. what song, song or the, it was too the, loud. The drums were too loud. Yeah, <laughs> who are you kidding? Our people would come up to us right after the service. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not a anonymous behind a no. screen. That's no, in person. No. Sorry, I uh, stole your thunder, Nate. That's okay. You didn't. Hey, you're never stealing my thunder because uh, I'm not Thor. Oh, okay. Yes. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Do you see him trying to throw pop culture references into the youth? He did wield a sword last time he was That's in here. True. So. Yeah, where's my sword? It's safely tucked away where you have no access okay. to it. I'll get my own sword. Uh, so what do I do during the week? Monday has become kind of a um, like a cleanup day from service on Sunday, or like that's where I I end up, you know, posting the um, like the sermon to the website. Or um, just wrapping up things, I'll I'll watch a lot of times watch the service or or both services and kind of sort of critique, um, look at things that I might want to. I make notes. I've got pages of of notes of Google Docs that you know I just things that I want to be aware of in the future. Um, after that, the rest of the week ends up being a lot of prep for the following week or upcoming weeks. Um, a lot of it is just tasks right now because I'm, you know, we've only been doing this a few months now. And so I'm trying to still figure out a routine, but, um, the goal is to get everything so efficient that I don't have to think about this stuff through throughout the week. And I can actually, you know, practice or spend time praying and thinking and being creative, um, rather than getting caught up in all the, all the details yeah. of things. But, you know, First things first, like I said, I got to figure this stuff out. I got to, I got to figure out what I have to do every week and what I can fix once and not deal with anymore. That's the, that's the, uh, warehouse manager in me. <laughs> For those of <laughs> you that out. don't know that used to be Nate's job. <laughs> yeah. But that was, you know, we'll have to stretch this into four episodes or something so oh Nate can share the full story, but yeah. You know, the, the short version being that Nate was a warehouse manager for seven years. He, he was a worship leader stuck in the body of a warehouse manager. <laughs> uh, I think you know, that's still the case. But, you know, waiting for, <laughs> yeah. you know, God, God it, it's almost the, the desert wandering of, I know yeah. what God has promised me yeah. and it doesn't match where I'm at. Absolutely, and so yeah. I've got to I've got to be patient, and so I think for any listener out there that is in a waiting season, mm -hmm. it waiting. could be worse. You could be waiting for seven years, yeah, <laughs> or forty. <laughs> oh, oh. Whoa, there it is. Whoa, yeah, it's you know uh, we don't have time to go into it now, but yeah, there was uh, waiting time is not wasted time. That was. I think Andy Stanley With said Derek's that. next forehead tattoo. That's right. <laughs> Underneath gyro. Or his back tattoo. <laughs> my, my, my forehead didn't tell a story. It is. I think you should be. do your thigh. <laughs> thigh uh, tattoo? Then you, have, then you have to show it off. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to even go and stumble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, that will not be an issue. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Well, I have, I have a question that I want to throw you guys' way um, because you've alluded to this a few times. Uh, worship sets, worship leaders, worship in general musically can look very different depending on the size of your church because there are different amounts of people. There are different budget lines. And believe it or not, some of the fancy bells and whistles do cost money. And what? 
a lot of money. And so um, regardless of size even, uh, sometimes youth ministries and worship in that way can look different. So if you were a church, I don't know, like 25 minutes from here with a youth pastor who... With striking good looks. With striking good looks, um, <laughs> small physique, uh, very talented, <laughs> who was... Talented in other ways, not yeah, musically, but right, other talents. Who didn't know much about worship, therefore he knew somebody else would need to do it, but he knows it's important, but there's not somebody who is currently there. Hypothetically, how would you go about establishing live worship at youth group with those circumstances, hypothetically. Okay. So this sounds very money. Lo- lots no. of money. Uh, honestly, the, <laughs> the place that I would start is asking God to bring that person. Sure. And, and I know that, but when you literally have nothing, like we've been in that place before where it's like, Lord, I would work with what I have, but I don't have anything. Correct. And so it's like, Lord, what do I do in this? And where is that person? And would you begin to bring that person to my attention and then watch and listen? Say God brings somebody. I mean, my number one thing would be to have an adult who can spearhead that. You know, I we've talked a lot about, you know, we want to have youth at some point leading the youth ministry, but it takes investment. And if the current worship leader isn't able to do that, to find another adult who has that musical ability, who has the skills to begin investing in the youth and then grow to that point. But I think it can be really difficult to just start with a full youth worship. Um, but that's that's where I would start. I mean, we can't create something out of nothing, but God certainly can. Yeah, in this hypothetical situation, the hypothetical <laughs> youth pastor <laughs> right, is right. currently doing something along the lines of teaching about the heart of worship mm-hmm. through... Maverick City through elevation. So the response time at the end of the service, hypothetically, is to play that and say, here's why and here's how we respond. And and so, and thankfully we have camps and conventions where they get to experience that. And so the culmination of those two kind of bridges the gap. And so. But I would say to you, don't discredit that. Sure. Yeah. Because Nate and I, like there are times where we're in the studio and there's one Elevation video in particular where they're doing the song, There is a King. And it is, we're watching a screen and like the first time, like the the presence of God fell so powerfully wow. in the studio, like we, yeah. we couldn't not worship. Sure. And so praise God for technology. Praise yeah. God for the ability that when you don't have a person right there to do it, that there are, there are other resources. So I wouldn't be apologetic for that. Sure. Or, or shrink away from that. If that's what God has given you, then he will work through that. Yeah, And then good. just keep praying and asking him, if, if your heart's desire is to have people there, yep. the Lord knows that and he'll provide at the right time. But until then, yeah. keep doing what you're doing and do it confidently and there will be fruit from it. Yeah. yeah. And I think people experiencing God's presence mm-hmm. is is key, but you don't have to have you know a big band to do that. No. You know, like I said before, if you can't do it with just an acoustic guitar and a singer or a piano and a singer or, or just a, a singer video. for that matter or yeah. a video, I mean, yep. like letting people experience God's presence is that's the real draw. It's mm-hmm. not, it's yeah. not, like yep. I said, the music or the lights or, uh, you know, all, all these big churches, um, it, it I, I can't speak for all of them, I guess, but. 
I would bet that it didn't start with, right? you know, millions of dollars mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. a budget. It, it, they started with, we just want God's presence, yep. you know? I mean, what was the, the one church that um, they just prayed all the time? They just, that was their thing. Just continual prayer. Uh, I hop, I was it? Um, IHOP. It was IHOP. International House of Prayer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just all the time. That Fantastic that was pancakes. <laughs> yeah, different IHOP. Oh, that's yes. right. But uh, you know, they. I don't. I don't know how they started. You know, but I know that that was their heart and that was their goal. So experience that. Yeah. Um, and people can't. You can't argue with people that have experienced sure something. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, good. that's really good. Um, so one of the questions that kind of popped into my mind as we're, as we're talking about, uh, a hypothetical situation where, you know, you want to start leaning more into worship and live worship and, you know, whether it's, whether it's a youth pastor who is looking for a worship leader or a current student who aspires to be a worship leader, Mm -hmm. are there any character traits that, uh, you guys have seen in worship leaders, either either on the good side, yeah, like yeah, these character traits, either in yourselves or other worship team members, these are good, or or maybe some character traits that not necessarily are bad, or you want to watch mm-hmm. out for, mm-hmm. but maybe you yeah. want to like constantly be self evaluating to work against in your own life. Yeah, good question. Yeah, um, I want to preface this with. We have all been here um, as worship leaders um, or as worshipers who are gifted with instruments and can participate in a team. You know, one of the the biggest battles can be pride and self-promotion, um, yeah. because I think in the world, a lot of people who are truly called to be worship leaders end up going in the direction of bands and music. And it makes sense. You have to promote yourself. You have to, you know, do these things in the world in order to be successful. But God's kingdom is structured differently. And one thing that's incredibly important to Nate and I and something that God has had us practicing for the past 10 years Yep. It's the the parable of the lowly place, you know, and there's the banquet table that's set and and the master of the banquet says, don't walk into this and seat yourself at a place of importance, at a place of honor. Yeah. Because what if somebody comes in who belongs in that seat and then you have to be embarrassed and asked to move to the end of, of the banquet table. Instead, walk in and seat yourself in the lowly place and the master of the banquet will call you forward at your time. That's good. And that is the, the biggest thing for us is, um, watching out for that. You know, there will be people who, um, they just haven't, haven't necessarily learned that yet. And that's okay. Like we all go through our own journey, but that's how we know that someone in particular is ready to lead is when they don't ask, when they don't grab for things, um, when they wait to be, um, elevated for Nate and I, we had to do that we had to restrict ourselves from ever asking for opportunity or ever seeking it on our own. And here's why. Okay. I I've done that before. I have, I have inserted myself where I did not belong and it did not feel good. And I had to get to the place where I realized the only satisfaction came when I knew that it was only the Lord himself that put me in the place that I was, because then I had the authority to stand because it was given to me. It wasn't something that I took. Mm. Anytime I took, I questioned my authority and I had a huge lack of confidence because I knew that 
I was there because I asked to be there, not because God opened the door for me. Um, And let me tell you, God is faithful and he knows. And if you're a worshiper or a worship leader who is in that waiting season, wait for the Lord. Because when he opens something and he places you in that seat of honor and you Mm -hmm. know that it isn't because of anything that you on your own did, there is no greater satisfaction. There is no greater confidence and there is no greater anointing and authority that you walk in. Well, and wait on the Lord, but that doesn't mean don't prepare. Exactly. That's good. You know, that was something I think that we had to remember was that, you know, we, we were called to wait and just, and, and sit and be still. Um, but we also prepared, we practiced, we prayed, we, you know, uh, I think, uh, this might date me, but I think it was the movie, um, Facing the Giants. Was that that football movie? Wow. Right? It's a football. I, I'm not just a <laughs> yeah, dumb musician. That's, that's a reference. <laughs> I, I know football movies too, but the, I, th- I think it was the coach that, uh, he was talking to the, to somebody was talking to the coach and he said, essentially, he said, prepare the crop, prepare the field. Yeah. Even if there's no rain, mm-hmm. you prepare it like there's going to be rain. And, you know, that, so that's the thing is we, we need to wait on God, but we also need to prepare in that waiting time. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just even getting back to the characteristics, I think I was telling Pastor Kyle before this that, you know, one of the greatest struggles as worship leaders, as worshipers, and like I said, is it can be pride and um, and and self-promotion, like I said before. Um, but I think that we've done a huge disservice to people because, like for me, I was so embarrassed of those times that I would feel prideful. I was so embarrassed of, you know, because I knew that wasn't what God wanted and I knew that that wasn't reflecting his heart. But there was no safe place to like talk about it because I'm like, well, gosh, if I tell people I feel prideful, then they're going to kick me off the team. And then it just became this like self-perpetuating cycle of shame and inauthenticity. And so I would just say like, find those people that you can trust and you can talk to and, and be okay with being imperfect and struggling with it with the goal of overcoming um, and living in that dependence on the Holy Spirit to really um, to prune you and sift you like it is the most beautiful thing when the Holy Spirit goes to work on your heart because he is gentle. Um, and I will tell you, like there were seasons where I did um, have to step off of teams and, but the Lord was so gentle in that it was never, you know, it was always something I'd be afraid of, but then when it actually happened, it's like, no, this is good. This is good. And the Lord always brought it back. And so there will be seasons where maybe we need to sit on the bench for a while um, to recover or to just let him work on our heart. Um, and then he'll bring us back into the game, you know, it's, but you have to be willing to go through that refining process, um, because that's where the gold is. I mean, that's where true worship comes out of is that I, I hold this with an open hand. It is yours father. It was never mine to begin with. And so if you need to take it for a season to refine it, to make it more effective for your kingdom, then have your way and, and dying to yourself all the time. Do you, Kyle, do you remember, uh, you're going to love this. Okay. So you're, well, you're, you're, you're welcome. Do you remember in the office when... Yes, <laughs> is the answer to the question. Okay. Do you remember when he, when Michael Scott went to um, interview for the corporate job? Sure. In front of Wallace? Yep. And he came in and, and uh, Wallace said, 
you know, what, what, what did he say? What is your strength or what are your greatest strengths? Yeah. And he started rattling off all these things. I, you know, I care too or, much. No, it's I'm, what are your weaknesses? Weaknesses. Yeah. yeah that's I right. care too much. Yeah. And then he, he jokingly says, well, you know, my, my strengths are, or my weaknesses are also my strengths. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's truth to that because for me, um, that, that's something to be aware in any team or position or wherever is, you know, you have great strengths and those great strengths, if they're not harnessed and used for the right purpose can also be your demise, Correct. you know, yeah, like that's a good for word. me, I'm, for me, I'm never happy with my performance, with my, you know, with my work, with a project. I, I, I just put a shelf up in my office next door and I'm not happy with it. It's not, <laughs> per, it's not perfectly level. Even I, didn't I walked like, in and go, I like that shelf. Well, your I, standards are low, so it's fine. Oh, <laughs> wow. What wow. in the world? Wow. Wow. No. The shock on your face was worth it all. Field. Oh, man. Here, Shots let, fired. Derek, let me get that knife out of your back. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, but so so that's one of the, th- that that's one of my weaknesses is that I'm never happy. I, I will walk off the stage every Sunday and, and I, and I could, pinpoint two or three things that I did that I didn't like and I am not happy with myself. But on the flip side of that, that also is what drives me to get better too. So finding that that balance of like, this is my strength, but if I don't watch it, it can also be my weakness. Yeah. You yeah. know? Great. And it's, a, and it's a constant process. Sorry. Absolutely. No, you go, never no, arrive. Fine. Yeah. Great book that has that wrapped up is called Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership. Ooh, the whole going on point of that book. Sounds, you had Nate at good. Dark Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was Star that a Star Wars, Wars reference? <laughs> I, I, if it was, I wouldn't know because I don't watch Star Wars and I, get I, out. I'll receive all the hate mail. This is our know. podcast. Yeah. You get out. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. Okay. Fine. Thank, thank you. I'm glad somebody in this room has my back. Other than I got Lord. you. Uh, but the whole premise of the book is the very things that you hate about yourself, which I know is a strong language, but like it, so to Nate's, I'm very similar. Like my wife, it drives my wife batty with how self-critical I am. But at the same time, yep. it's what drives me to be better all the time. And so right, if you take that right. away, you take away the drive to get better. Yep. And so it's all about managing that. And I was, something I was going to say as you guys were saying that is like, I would, I would feel that like humility is a very notable characteristic of any person, but of a person on the stage, whether it's a pastor or a worship leader, the humility of I'm just a person that God's using is very, very good. However, you can also have the, mm-hmm. I don't call it the victim mentality, but the martyr. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't feel qualified to be up here. I'm not con- like that humility right. morphs into a lack of confidence in yourself Absolutely. and yep. in God choosing you. And so you know, I think that as you guys are saying that, that's something like I felt like needed to be said of like, it's such a fine line, but it's a matter of being humble enough to understand that I'm a person that God's using, just one normal person, but I'm the person that God's chosen. I look at David, yeah. you know, yeah. David had to wait for yeah. years for Saul yes. to get out of the way. Yeah. But when he stepped into that time, it was powerful and it was yeah. amazing. And he was the youngest sibling of a small tribe, but like was one of the greatest Kings to ever walk the land, you know? And so like that humility is is so huge. And so um, along that line, because I feel like that battle is very relevant to younger, more inexperienced worship leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, Not always, 
but it mm-hmm. there is that meant I know as a you know, as a younger youth pastor when I first started I was like I don't deserve to be here like the guys that pastored me are killing it they're doing everything right they got it all going on I'm going man here I am <laughs> making all these mistakes our last question we have for you guys before we let you go is what would be your advice to someone who is newer to leading worship like the the pastor handed them the keys and said this is your worship ministry lead it and you're going what the heck do I do now what's your advice mm, so many things i i think that have you guys heard the saying um god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called i think about that all the time i the, i <laughs> I, I am the perfect example of that saying because mm-hmm. I am not qualified on paper. I'm not. I don't have any kind of like degree in worship. I don't have I don't have schooling, you know, I don't have any training. I was never like mentored by anybody. But that call on my life, um I've I've said this to people in in the past, but there is a fierceness that I feel right now uh in, in this position because I've been waiting so long and I've been obedient. And yet I've had that call so specifically and there, there's that level of insecurity that now that I'm here, I'm going to let everyone down. Sure. You know, like I've been waiting so long and I've been in my mind, I've been thinking about all the things that like, you know, God has called me to do and the vision for this. And like, it's time to put my money where my mouth is. And I, I think that the first thing that I would say to somebody who's getting started is, you have to be confident in what God has called you to do. 100%. Don't worry yep. about, um, I didn't go to school for this. You know, I didn't go to North Central. There's a whole, there's a whole music department at North Central that brings up worship leaders. I didn't go to that. But that doesn't mean that you can't or that you shouldn't be a worship leader. If God has called you to do that, again, be obedient and you know, it, what God originates, God orchestrates. Good. I think that was Andy, <laughs> Andy Stanley said that, and it blew my mind because, you know, if it's God's will, you just have to be obedient. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. There's so many more things that we could talk about, but yeah, I would say Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. And I think so many times you walk into a position and you just expect it to be going and, and functioning right away. And I mean, we've only been in this full time for about four months. And it's realizing like, wow, those things that I thought we could do within a year, that's now turning into a two-year, three-year goal because you realize what's most important and love Jesus, love his people, and you're going to succeed. But I think operating in the confidence of knowing that the Lord himself called you and chose you and always revisiting that Mm -hmm. and always asking the Lord to confirm that, and he will. And um. And I think on the flip side, even of feeling unqualified because we didn't go to school, I would also speak wisdom to people who did go to school. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've learned some very practical things. And yes, you've been surrounded by people. But as you walk into a position, you need to be very sensitive to leaning into the Holy Spirit and leaning into the Lord and asking him what he wants you to do and how that church needs you to mm-hmm. lead. And so... I think just like we were talking about with with technology and all that, let your education serve you. Don't serve it. Yeah, it's good. Um, 
and, and find people who are, are further along that you respect and, you know, have wisdom and do not feel like you have to know it all. Mm -hmm. The worst thing is to serve under a leader who doesn't know what they don't know. Mm. It can be very frustrating. And so checking in with your team, checking in with people around you, um, to find out, you know, don't be afraid of criticism. Don't be afraid of people speaking honestly with you. Value that, internalize it, bring it before the Lord, and apply what you need to apply. Yep. In the in the secular music world, you know, the I think the mentality is it's about me. I need to get famous. I need to have the best band behind me. I need to sell the most records. You know, I need to have the greatest instruments, all this stuff. It's different in in the worship realm. It's not about you. It's about the people. It is always about the people. Jesus was always about the people and not necessarily always bringing to them what they wanted, but bringing to them what they need. And so be sure of what you're called to do and where God is calling you to lead the congregation or to lead those that are under you. Um, I don't know. We could talk for hours. We could go for hours and hours. Dude, I loved about this conversation is this is a worship podcast. It's over? Yeah. I mean, oh, it's over. Wait. That's nice. But I think what I love about you guys and what I love about your heart for worship is I bet of this hour and 15 minutes we're going on, I bet about 10 minutes of it was practice of like the competencies of worship. The rest of it was like heart and spending time with God and spending time with the Lord. Like, right. Man, like, like how freeing to a worship leader if you're listening yeah. to this. Like you're not responsible for fruit. You're not responsible for the whole church following it. You're responsible for going yourself and going to the Lord. And like, I don't know how many times the word obedience, listening, the Lord. Like, that was like the theme yeah. all day long. And like that's how it should be because if we are continually seeking him in everything, he's going to work out the rest. And so yeah. I just... Yeah. Bravo to you guys. I mean, I know you're not, you don't need Bravo from me, but I just, I think that even challenges us as youth pastors of like, we can, we can talk strategy. I mean, our, this entire podcast is devoted to strategy and tactics and things, but like at the end of the day, any ministry should come back to this of spend time with the God or spend, oh God, spend time with God. <laughs> Be God. Uh, we need to have we a heard what Savior, you Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> spend time yeah. with him. And make that your focal point and the rest is going to work itself out. Yeah. It really yeah. And don't, and don't misunderstand. There is a lot of logistics. Correct. That I don't know that they teach in the school, in school to be a worship leader. I don't know, but there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of scheduling. There's a lot of work, but if you're, if you're putting that work and those tasks above spending time with God, it, you're, you're going to, you're going to fail. Yeah. You're going to be exhausted. Yeah, Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys coming on to the show. And I want to, for our listeners out there, if you guys have any questions for Nate and Sarah, uh, you know, we'd love to pass those on for you. If you email us, our email is how, what is our email? <laughs> how not <laughs> to be a youth pastor <laughs> at gmail.com. That's my line. Yeah. Not how not to AOL. be a youth pastor at gmail.com. No, it's not an AOL email. Um, <laughs> 
How many times have I said what our email is, and for some reason that time it just blanked? You know, it happens. Um, but it we, you know, if, happens if during you guys, worship leading too, when you forget fair. the lyrics to the song. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you back off the mic and spontaneously you're like, I'm just going to let the congregation <laughs> right. yep. carry this yep. one. Yep. I'll try that with preaching, but it doesn't Been work. Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder or, why. Or you get up to the microphone like right before the first verse, and yep. you, you get up and you're about to start singing, and you just blank on the melody. You yeah. just cannot remember the melody. And we're going to do the intro again. Yep. And, you, and then you give the <laughs> band the, the, the circular finger repeat thing here. Like, okay, guys, keep going. Just yep. keep playing that. Absolutely. And so if... Uh, buffering. Yeah. Nate's buffering over here on the worship stage. Loading. Oh, dear. Yeah. That explains so much now. I, I get it. But if you guys have any any questions for Nate and Sarah, uh, email us at how not to be a youth pastor. There it is. At gmail.com. We, and we'd love to pass those along, get you guys in touch with Nate and Sarah, but uh, they've been just an absolute blessing uh, for our church and especially for our youth ministry. Uh, getting to work with them has has been a blast. And, uh, you know, I, I can, I, I have told people this many times, but I can confidently say that, you know, just for me as a youth pastor, uh, you know, they've, they've challenged me and uh, you know, my level of youth pastoring, I guess you'd say, has gone up since I started working, you know, closely with Nate and Sarah because iron sharpens iron. And, and you know, because I think you had nowhere to go but up. Well, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> this is a savage podcast episode. <laughs> Wrap it up. We got to get out of here because oh. I'm going to be even more insulted than yeah. I am. Before, uh. before there's too much more uh, emotional damage done, uh, we appreciate uh, you guys listening. And uh, on behalf of Nate and Sarah, uh, Derek and I are going to go turn our favorite worship uh, songs into forehead tattoos. Goodbye. Awesome.